The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. My name is, in fact, Rich Eisen, and thus the name of the program. I can go through the whole history of this show, but we only have three hours. Um, That's just the top-line message. The Rich Eisen Show, and we're on the air right here on the Roku channel, free of charge for anybody out there with a Roku device, select Samsung smart televisions. There's Amazon Fire TV. We're free there. We're free on the Roku app, which you can put on any mobile device your heart desires. There's the internet. That's free. The Roku channel.com. We're also listenable on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have a Sirius XM Odyssey. Our podcast through the Cumulus Podcast Network where all podcasts can be acquired. Please uh, go ahead and get us that way. You can listen to us whenever you want. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen Show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And guess what? The Rich Eisen Show collection is a video on demand service through Roku. I think I checked every last box. Good to see you, Chris Brockman, here on this Thursday in Los Angeles, California. Is it? Is it good? It is. Your Boston Celtics are dominant. How about them apples? Good to see you over there. DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. How you doing, Rich? Good morning. Hey, good to have you back here on the show, man. (laughs) TJ Jefferson, how are you? Rich, I'm walking on air. I saw Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock in Anaheim last night. Oh, really? My mind is still blown. They took your phone away for it? Uh, they took some people's phones away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know he was discriminant about that sort of thing. I thought you got to put your phone in a, in a pouch, and that was the end of that. I'm sure most of the people had to go through that Damn. process. Okay. Ashton uh, said, "Keep your phone." I mean, you uh, don't know who I was with. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial here on the show to have a conversation with us, just up the road from us. Um, happens to be a facility where the Super Bowl got uh, was played and uh, and conquered by the Rams. And um, and tonight the Rams are, are hosting uh, a game, and um, they're they're uh, they're in a different spot, <laughs> even <laughs> though um, it's the same geographical space. The Los Angeles Rams are currently fifteenth in the NFC, one five. The only team that is below them that would actually pick higher than them in a draft in which they don't have a draft choice um, in the first round. Is the Chicago Bears at three and ten? The Rams are three and nine, and the the reasons for it are numerous. Aaron Donald's not playing tonight; he's ruled out tonight. Cooper Cup is recovering from ankle surgery. Who knows when we're going to see Matthew Stafford again? He's out with a spinal cord contusion. The quarterback for the team tonight may be the backup, who's been there for a couple of years, John Wolford. Or it could be the starting quarterback, could be Baker Mayfield in just the latest twist 
of a narrative-generating machine called the National Football League where you can't make stuff up. Number 17 in your program, number one in the uh, potential depth chart, Baker Mayfield going tonight against a Raiders team that started their season in this building in a loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, many losses for the Raiders this year, seven of them, in which you can point to uh, the game and say, boy, they had that one. Boy, if they only made this play. Boy, if they only made that play. And you could say that about a lot of teams in the National Football League. For the Las Vegas Raiders, though, you could absolutely say that for their first uh, nine games this year. Last three, pretty darn good because they've won them all. They have won them all. At least for them last week, they didn't wait to the last second. They actually got it done before it. There was no walk-off win yesterday. Their previous two wins in this three-game win streak were last-second walk-off wins. And the Raiders are now 5-7. and seven. They're now 5-7 and seven despite blowing games left and right in which they led by double digits. They're 5-7, and seven, and they're just one game behind the team that they're playing next, the Patriots. They're just one game against the team that they just beat and split their season series with the Chargers. And there are four five and seven teams that take the field in week 14 with more than just the dumb and dumber chance of we've got, uh, you're saying there's a chance. Uh, there's different grades of it, but the Raiders are at the top of that list because they're five and seven on a three game win streak. They're, they're five and seven with a bullet. And you take a look at their schedule tonight against the Rams and in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles where they will have a home field advantage. Any Rams fans who are still sticking with the team and showing up and showing their Ramily spirit, I tip my cap to you. We need more of you folks here in Los Angeles, quite frankly, diehard, live-or-die sports fans for teams that are just new to the area, and they may be new to the area themselves. But Baker Mayfield, if he starts tonight, hey, Baker, guess what? You're going to have to go silent snap count in your first home start for the Rams because the Raiders fans are going to show up here and they're going to be losing their minds because if they win this game tonight, and it does appear that they should, quite frankly, then they take on the Patriots next week for the right to not only get to 500 but potentially leapfrog the Patriots in the standings at that point. Because even if the Patriots win this game on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals – we're scheduled to have Buda Baker on the show tomorrow to discuss it. A Raiders win against the Patriots would have a tie break for them in the back pocket. They'd have the same 7-7 seven and seven record. The Raiders would be above the Patriots. And they're in the mix. They are in the mix. The Jets with Mike White are taking on the Buffalo Bills. They have supposedly winnable games the next couple weeks, but I'll tell you why one of them doesn't appear to be as winnable anymore in a second. They, they can make the seven seed. From five and seven right now, the Raiders. And then the other the other team that's on a nice winning streak right now at five and seven are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joke all you want, folks. But this Kenny Pickett has got it. You can't say Pickett without it, right? Different spelling. But I like what I'm seeing out of him. And what you're seeing if Dante Johnson can only catch the football. And you mm-hmm. know, I, 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 I'm serious. I, I don't I don't mean to nitpick here, but a lot of guys have the drop season. I mean, defensively, they're getting healthier, and T.J. Watt is out there, and the Steelers just came up 
with big wins on a Monday night in Indianapolis, and they just beat the Atlanta Falcons, who are making a change at quarterback, by the way. And then now they're home against the Baltimore Ravens. You throw those records out usually when this happens. Tyler Huntley, who is very good as a backup quarterback, he's coming in, and this is a winnable game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. And if they win this one, then they go to Carolina next. Now, I know you can't circle Carolina at home in the Steve Wilkes administration. They've actually won their games there. True. But those are two games. And by the way, if they win these two games and get to 500, and the scenario I just painted for the Raiders, and they get to 500, guess who play each other on Christmas Eve? By the way, on NFL Network for the anniversary, 50th anniversary, 50th celebration of the Immaculate Reception game. I'll be calling that game with my NFL game day compadre group. It's possible both teams are 7-7, seven and seven, and the winner of that game goes to 8-7 and seven with a real shot to make the playoffs. Steelers are at Baltimore and then home for Cleveland after that. Cleveland's got a shot. They do. Holy elf on a 50-yard line, Batman. Just in time for the Christmas the elf on the 50. I thought you were going to be like, holy elf on Jay Felly's yeah. hindquarters. No. Oh. We're leaving him and his ink out. <laughs> well, let's wait for hour three when he's here. A football conversation, sir. Although with Deshaun Watson, it's always more than a football conversation. Indeed. Back after a 700-day absence, the, the as I said on NFL Game Day morning, the rusty in his life for the previous 700 days was hardened. The defense lawyer who is still working hard because there's still two cases outstanding. And the whole thing with Watson saying that I could I can't talk about it because it's a problem legally. And then all the stories came out from the NFL information group that uh, his clinic, his clinical help is telling him not to talk about it. So which one is it? Is it the legal? Is it the clinical? I'd love I'd love to know at some point. But he sure did look rusty, not hardened out there against Houston. But a win's a win. The defense was all over Kyle Allen. And this week they take on Joe Burrow. Make this make sense. Joe Burrow's never lost to the Chiefs, and he's never beaten the Browns. He's yet to beat the Browns. So and, and, and so if <laughs> you see Burrow was asked this week saying, you know, what, what, is, what is it about? What's different about the Browns? And his answer was, the Browns have Miles Garrett. No one else has him. That's a difference. Okay. That's, yeah. That's true, a difference. True. True. Yeah. That's a difference. Yeah. So let's just say the Browns continue their magic over Joe Burrow here. And then they're against Baltimore. That's a Saturday afternoon game. I'm calling that one in Cleveland. I'm going to see the elf with my own two eyes, by the way. Look at you. Uh, those are uh, uh, Kurt Warner and I are calling that game on NFL Network, 4.30 p.m. Eastern kick. Is it possible the Browns go for a 500 record then? Because if that happens, then Deshaun Watson will have won three in a row since coming back. And then they're home for New Orleans at Washington, at Pittsburgh. Holy crap. It's not over for the Browns. It is not over. Now, look, in the AFC, if the Jets keep winning football games, that's a problem for them because the Jets are currently two games in front and have a tiebreak in their back pocket on the Steelers and the Browns. How wild would that be, by the way, if their comeback win over the Browns? Remember that? When they didn't cover Corey Davis? <laughs> right. 
and the Jets came back from two scores down with two minutes to onside kick, the whole thing happened. Go throw bombs. Right? That that would prevent the Browns from getting into the playoffs. Oof. And then, of course, the Jets, that was the game that they circled on, uh, you know, in, against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for Zach Wilson to, to come back. <laughs> and guess what? Zach's no longer the quarterback there. But the Jets have a win in their back pocket on this front. That's the AFC. And then there's one team in the NFC sitting at 5-7, and seven, man. Laugh all you want about the Detroit Lions, but they are exactly the team right now that Dan Campbell said was going to take chunks out of you and bite you and have a fava bean with a nice Chianti when you're trying to, you know, beat them. Kneecaps. Bite kneecaps. No, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's quite something. <laughs> but the Lions are five and seven. And if they beat the Vikings this week, the Vikings, again, are, 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 it's just a, a formality until they print a home playoff ticket for that first weekend. But if the Lions win this game, they will be 6-7. and seven. And then Detroit, which has been just dynamite offensively. And now, you know, my guy Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of that defense is becoming much more stout. That's a big game against the Jets. They're at Carolina, home for Chicago, at Green Bay. There's a ton of winnable games. Yes, I'm calling games on the Lions' schedule in December and January winnable games for them. Their problem is the team that currently resides in the seventh spot, Seattle. If you remember, there was a 48-45 insane game. Remember that you even did like a what's more likely prior to that game because the Lions, as you know, just play crazy games. Yeah, and, and then the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are just... Built to play crazy. That's a problem for them. The Seattle Seahawks won that game 48-45. And I don't know. I mean, the path to the basket could be the fact that Washington's got a tie. Detroit doesn't. There's the Giants could fall off 7-4-1 as they take on the Eagles for the first of two times the rest of the way here. Yeah, that tie, I think, is going to loom large. The Giants play the Eagles twice the Washington Commanders another time. That game got flexed into NBC for week 15. They're at Minnesota, home for Indianapolis, and then at Philadelphia to end. Lions, man, you know, if the Giants and Commanders beat each other up and don't tie each other again, and then the Eagles take care of the Giants for them. Man, that Thanksgiving Day loss. They had the Bills right where they wanted them they had them imagine they're six and six right now instead of five and seven we're seriously talking about them and you might be wondering a little less why they're favored over the vikings at home this weekend Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial i'm just giving people hope that's what i do professionally what do you got for the texans <laughs> um an attaboy okay well, there's hope. You want me to give hope for the Texans? Well, you said you're giving everyone hope. I, I am. Just what do here you do it for is. The here, here, here it is. Right now, let me get it. Let me get this for you. Right now, <laughs> they are here. Why not? You know what the hell, right? Why not? Right now, they're they're currently picking first yeah, in the NFL draft. Absolutely. Any current player in college football that is coming out, it's it's for the Texans. And then their problem is is in losing to Cleveland. You know. They made the draft choice 
that Cleveland is giving them worse. Not a, yeah, it's no. down at 13 oh, right now. Man, they, they had two top tens. But they're right there. They got ago. two picks. They got two picks. All right, two picks. It is a pick. Higher, higher two reg- of them. Higher register. <laughs> so we've got a new segment uh, today for everybody. You know how the whole cliche, coaching cliche that we we had, we, we we love very much is uh, a coach said, I don't have a crystal ball. Love well, um, we went ahead and bought one. I have a crystal ball. <laughs> it is here. We actually. It is. TJ, you haven't seen it yet. I have Everyone else around here has because it's, it it arrived and I took amazing. it out of uh, the of its packaging it's uh, before you arrived a couple of days ago. So I've just been waiting. And I I've I've kept it hidden just so I could get your natural reaction <laughs> when I take it out of the box. I'm looking forward to it. Because it is... Uh, it is it's awesome. It is real and it's <laughs> yeah. spectacular, to yeah. use another Seinfeld phrase. Very heavy. Um, so you're going to give me three NFL scenarios, and I'll look into the crystal ball and tell you what could have been. Yeah, three as opposed what, to if, what is. Three what ifs, Very good. and then you're going to just do the thing. Fantastic. Very uh, good. Um, and uh, Tom Palacero is going to join us in just uh, four minutes to tell us what's going on with Odell Beckham. Is Baker Mayfield really going to start tonight? What is Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Jimmy really having a shot to come back this year? Jimmy's got a shot to come back. Jimmy Jimmy might not be so upset. I mean, we're just giving one Seinfeld one reference after another. After. And then uh, and then we've got in studio hour number three, um, the showrunner and executive producer of Tulsa King. Uh, his name is Terrence Winter. He also was the showrunner and executive producer and writer of Boardwalk Empire after he was a longtime writer and producer for The Sopranos. And we have three episodes of The Sopranos that he wrote that you might be familiar with, one of them being uh, called The Pine Barrens, another one, Long-Term Parking. He wrote them. And I can't wait to talk Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Tulsa King, and more with Terrence Winter when he joins us in hour number three. We have lots of questions about... Lots. Like, like we, we brought up the other day, he wrote Wolf of Wall Street. He wrote, he wrote Wolf of Wall Holy Street. Smokes. So he won't be leaving yeah. until we're done. <laughs> and that's how we're rolling today. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Oh, that's right. Uh, the Yankees kept their star and the Red Sox lost theirs. That's <laughs> one way to put it. Wow. Hey, but the <laughs> Celtics <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> Brother, the Celtics have the MVP of the league. They've got the coach of the year of the league. They've got the defensive player of the year of, of, of the association. Great. Can, can Jason Tatum play shortstop? Uh, he might have to. He might be able to. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Do not go anywhere. Tom Pelissero coming up next on everything happening in the NFL. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Tom Pelissaro here on the program. How you doing, Tom? It is interesting, Rich, because prior to me filling in for you for three days, I really did think that your two-minute monologue before bringing me on as a guest was just an attempt to run a four-minute drill and keep me off the air. Now no. I know there's various moving parts between there TV are. and radio that you, you have to fulfill, and you do a fantastic job of it. Right back at you, Tom. I greatly appreciate it, certainly since the four-minute drill leads to victory. So um, I, and that's, that's, that's my, my vision for this segment as well. Um, let's jump. I mean, I have so much to get to. How, how come the Niners didn't put in a claim for, for Mayfield? I know it's a moot point anyway, but how are they viewing their quarterback scenario for the, uh, a team that has the Super Bowl in its sights, Tom? I think to understand the psychology of how the 49ers are approaching the quarterback position, you have to look through the history of Kyle Shanahan. He has never, prior to trading up the draft Trey Lance, who has played sparingly and been hurt a lot over two NFL seasons, he's never had a highly drafted quarterback. He has always targeted specific players that would fit what they want to do and that would be able to have fast processing and a quick trigger. Guys like Matt Schaub and Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, C.J. Beathard was another guy they drafted. Brock Purdy drafted for the same reason. And talking to coaches and scouts when Purdy was coming out, everybody said, you know, I mean, the guy broke like 38 school records or something at Iowa State. He won a ton of games. He's just a six-foot-tall quarterback with not the greatest arm, not great measurables, but your classic number two backup-type quarterback who's really smart and efficient when he gets on the field. You know, he's going to be able to function in your offense. The entire premise of Shanahan's offense is it's going to get people open. You just need the quarterback to be automatic and deliver the ball to the right spot. And it helps, of course, when you're delivering the ball to the right spot to George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey who can go and make plays. So Brock Purdy has had a tremendous amount of time on task in terms of being in every meeting and getting his preseason reps. There's a reason they did not even want to expose him to waivers they feel like they're going to be able to function and be able to play as opposed to, you know, adding a Baker Mayfield, which they were not going to be able to do that anyway, because the Rams ended up taking him off waivers 
uh, fourth on the priority list, and the 49ers were 24th. But you're talking about bringing a player in who has a foundation in a similar type of an offense with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, but it's not exactly the same thing. And so trying to ramp him up, the pressure that would create, the fact that Baker over the past two seasons has not played like the guy we saw with a playoff game with Cleveland in 2020, it all tracks with Shanahan's philosophy for the position. And so he's putting his faith here in Brock Purdy. Obviously, if something happens to Brock Purdy, then you're going to Josh Johnson. You're in a completely different uh, realm of this thing. But it's guys who know this offense inside and out, and Kyle is going to, I'm sure, just deliver the message to them to just execute the plays I'm calling because guys are going to be open. Well, and, and there is still, as Shanahan said, a remote possibility that Garoppolo does get healthy in time for the 49ers to throw him out there. What, what is the knowledge about his foot, the injury, timeline? Would they have to make the Super Bowl? Obviously, if they do that, they'd be replacing a quarterback that got them there. That would be quite a scenario leading up to Super Bowl week in Arizona if the 49ers make it. I, uh, I, lay, uh, I lay that all out for your answer, sir. I would say, and this is a bit of a projection, Rich, but I would say the best-case scenario at this point for Jimmy Garoppolo is dressing as the backup quarterback at some point as you get to the NFC Championship game or more likely the Super Bowl. And I know there was some confusion created about the uh, seven- to eight-week timeline that was reported. The way that somebody very familiar with this injury in NFL players explained it to me was the first six weeks after this injury, which is not a Liz Frank, it does not require surgery, the bone's going to heal on its own. But for six weeks, you can do nothing. You have to do nothing. It's going to be in a boot or a cast, and you're basically just going to have to rest and let the bone heal. Well, six weeks, you're already into the divisional round of the playoffs, then there would obviously be a ramp-up period of just being able to move around again and throw the football again, uh, get your cardio up and all those types of things. And so what Shanahan said yesterday is probably most accurate, which is, you know, there's a slim possibility he could be back. But let's be honest, if you have gotten to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy, you're probably not benching Brock Purdy for a Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played in two months at that stage in the season. Again, is there a scenario where he could dress maybe uh, at some point down the line? And listen, everybody's body heals differently, bones heal differently, but there is that initial six weeks or so that you don't want to push it because you run the risk of re-breaking the foot. That's not something Jimmy Garoppolo is going to want to do as he comes up on free agency. So it really is the Brock Purdy show for the foreseeable future, and maybe at the very end, if you've made a run with a rookie seventh-round quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, maybe Jimmy at least can dress and, and help in a pinch if something happens to your starter. And then Tom Pelissero, as uh, we've discussed, it was a moot point uh, had the Niners put in a claim for Mayfield. They wouldn't have gotten him because the Rams got him before uh, on the waiver wire order. All fantasy football general managers know how knows how that works in terms of uh, record and where you get to choose. So... Um, is the Mayfield selection something to give a little look-see uh, as insurance for Matthew Stafford's long-term health, future decision to, to, to play football? I, I mean, so how, how do the Rams and Les Snead and, and McVeigh view Mayfield as he potentially might take the field even tonight? It's a lot of different things, and wherever you had Baker Mayfield graded, there were some teams that did not have him graded as a first-round pick, much less the number one overall pick, but it's still a player who, you know, he's draftable, he won games, like I said, he won a playoff game with Cleveland back in 
2020, something that the franchise hadn't done in decades. So you're, you know, this is a buy low option. It's about 1.35 million, I believe, for the rest of this season to put them on the team and work with them and see what you might be able to get out of them. Everything off the field in Carolina, I talked to many people about this, was positive. He was a, a great teammate and supportive and did everything right, worked really hard. It just wasn't very good on the field. Yeah. So if anybody's going to be able to break a guy down and kind of get him back to his fundamentals and give him a little bit of juice and positivity, uh, it's Sean McVay. But the, you know, the, perhaps the primary reason, or at least one of the driving factors in claiming Baker Mayfield is they might need him to play, not two weeks from now, tonight, because they're in a situation where John Wolford has been dealing with this neck injury for quite some time. Uh, it's popped up a couple of times recently here. From what I was told, he was you know, he moved around pretty good in practice yesterday, so there was some optimism that you know if he's feeling good, um, gets through an early warm-up, looks good, that he's going to be uh, the starter tonight. But Baker Mayfield, from what I am told, is going to dress for this game. And if Wolford, for some reason, you know, the neck tightens up, he can't go or he has to drop out, Baker's going to play. So they have Bryce Perkins on the team, too, who made one start earlier in the season. Um, but, you know, a little bit different style of game plan that you're playing with Perkins. And I bet that he plays some, too. There could well be packages in for him uh, in this game tonight. But if you had to not go to Wolford or pull him out of the game, Mayfield is going to be the guy who's going to go in, which seems crazy on paper because mm-hmm. he was claimed not even 48 hours ago, 4 p.m. Eastern time, just to lay out the timeline here, on Tuesday, Baker finds out that he is definitely that he's been awarded to the Rams. Well, at that point, he already knew or had a you know, high-level belief he was going there because there were only three teams that could claim him above the Rams. He already had his flight to L.A., so he flies in, gets there Tuesday night, immediately starts cramming. I was told he got a full install yesterday, so he's up to speed on what's in the game plan. It's the Thursday night game, so the game plan usually a little bit slower, or smaller, rather, uh, for those games. He hasn't had a practice. You know, walk through yesterday. He's never thrown to these guys. He's never really never been in the huddle with them. It's you know something. There's a very few occasions in NFL history where we've seen a guy start a couple days after being signed or claimed or traded for at the quarterback position. I can't say that this is the best case scenario for Baker Mayfield, not only to play with a new team two days after being claimed, but do it on national TV potentially. But that's the spot that the Rams are in right now. They don't have a ton of options, and so Baker's going to be in uniform. We'll see if he gets on the field. Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. I just have a feeling, though, that we're going to have an off-season conversation about Stafford. Does he want to do it anymore? I mean, spinal cord contusion sounds. I mean, that's a that's not, that 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 sounds a, a, a bit, you know more concerning than just back-to-back concussions, which is as concerning as it gets. Tom, you know. Well, absolutely, and it's a. Uh, I believe Matthew's about 33 years old at this point. He's got a bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, he's married. Yeah. He's made a lot of money in his career. I mean, there's something to be said for. Does he and his family want him to continue to go? Not just because of this particular injury, but I mean, think of all the things Stafford played through during his time in Detroit and all the times he's out there with you know broken ribs or an injured hand or whatever it might be, and then last year playing through the elbow. Man, man to make a run, played great in the playoffs, but then this year still dealing with the elbow in camp. And, you know, then, yeah, multiple um, multiple times landing in the concussion protocol plus the spinal cord contusion. It's, it's frightening stuff. You know, the Rams' plan, if you look at how they're kind of set up here and extending Stafford, extending Aaron Donald, extending Cooper Cup, they kind of gave themselves before this year about a three-year window right. to try to win one more. There was no way 
they were thinking we're going three and nine to start the season. I mean, that, that could not have been in the realm of possibility. But this wasn't just a, hey, let's take one more shot and then blow it up. No, they they got guaranteed money to a bunch of their veterans, their core players, and that's the group that Sean McVay wants to try to win with. So you're right, Rich, they're going to have to, you know, the, the Stafford family is going to have some decisions to make, but if he decides he wants to play, he's got a guaranteed contract. I would certainly anticipate that that's what the Rams would uh, want to move forward with here. Frankly, they don't have their own pick, which right now would be a top-five pick. The Lions are going to be using that one uh, instead. So, yeah, I mean, their, their hands are tied a little bit here when you don't have a lot of picks and you've got a an uh, expensive roster with a lot of star players. But, you know, that's in, in some ways also a good problem to have. I'm sure that the Rams feel internally like they've got a group that if Stafford comes back is able to play and is healthy, there's no reason they can't bounce back with a lot better luck health-wise and, and make a run in 2023. Tom Pelistaro, my colleague from the NFL Network, NFL Insider here on the Rich Eisen Show. I got to tell you, man, uh, I, I thought we would uh, have a, a general sense of Odell Beckham Jr.'s readiness and he would, uh, or, or thoughts on where he's going uh, by now. Um, and and the, the Giants and the Bills, I, I had Sean McDermott on. He's like, yeah, uh, great visit. And then really wouldn't talk much about it other than to allow uh, that, you know, uh, sure, it's concerning when, when you're signing somebody when you haven't seen him work out with a, a knee injury of, to his extent. But he, he didn't go as far as Jerry Jones is, which is which is to talk fully about it on the radio, on his radio station. Uh, Ed Werder with a tweet where that, that clearly sounds like it comes from a Cowboys source concerning about uh, how he's not ready. Micah Parsons talking about how Odell told him he wouldn't be ready until mid, you know, five weeks from now. Uh, so what is happening with Odell, best you can tell? Well, I think that, I think that some people maybe took – the the reports that were out there as a sign that there's something wrong with Odo Beckham Jr.'s knee, which I've not heard that at all. This is just the reality that it's a guy who hasn't played uh, a down of football or practiced in a normal practice setting since he got hurt in the Super Bowl, which at this point is you know roughly uh, you know almost ten months ago. So inevitably, there's going to be a ramp-up period. We're already going into week 14 here. If you sign Odell Beckham Jr. tomorrow, he's not playing on Sunday. He's not playing for the next couple of weeks. You know, you have to. There's different protocols here with ramping somebody up, coming off of a significant ACL, plus getting your cardio back and your wind back. You know, it's not – I know all the comparisons to last year where, okay, the Browns cut him and he cleared, and then he ends up signing with the Rams. But the difference was he at least had been in a football setting. He hadn't played much. Had much productivity in Cleveland, but he at least had been practicing since camp. You know, he was running and cutting. You could see it on a daily basis. He was doing business, not workouts, with the clubs. And so, just realistically, to get a guy into a protocol, you're, you're talking about uh, several weeks here. You know, Michael Parsons blurting <laughs> out that it's five weeks for Odell uh, would clarify the timeline. You're talking about playoffs, and I think that you know, one of the undersold parts of this, Rich, is. You know, everybody talks about his, you know, this great weapon that you're adding, and that's true. I mean, Odell, we've seen him through the course of his career. He's as you know, freaky an athlete as we've seen at the wide receiver position, and he obviously had a great run in the playoffs last year with the Rams. But if you've got a guy who's not been a part of your team, and then you're bringing him into, let's say, you're the Cowboys, and you're scoring more points than anybody over the past month, and you've hit your stride, and now – Every day is going to be questions about Odell and when he's going to contribute and what you're going to do. And then you're trying to wedge him in to a playoff team during the playoffs. 
that's a that's a tough proposition, and that's without even talking about the unique contract situation here. Because remember, players don't get paid in the playoffs. So if you sign Odell sometime in the next few weeks here, really what you're doing is saying, okay, Odell, we would sign you in March. We're going to give you your signing bonus now just to get you in the door and start working out. Maybe you help us in the playoffs, maybe you don't. We're really signing you for 2023. There's not a lot of contracts that are done like that. Certainly not, you know, eight-figure multi-year deals, which is what Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be uh, looking for. So they're still moving parts. He's on, I saw, on the uh, the ultimate the shot cast for Thursday Night Football tonight. So maybe LeBron can uh, have better luck than anybody else getting uh, answers out of him here. But I don't want to anticipate this is something that he feels a sense of urgency to rush in if he doesn't have the contract he wants with the team he wants and the opportunity that he wants both uh, in the rest of this year and in 2023. Well, that is fascinating that we will hear from Odell tonight. He was... You know, already uh, dipping his toe in the uh, in the basketball world, sitting courtside for the Celtics' destruction of the Suns last night in Phoenix. And so, give me the give me the name of a team that's that we're not talking about with him. There's always somebody lurking, and if he's not working out on the field, then you could conceivably, you know, uh, meet him somewhere. And if you want to stay underneath the radar screen or have a, a doctor, you know, fly out to him or what have you to take a look at his knee, if you if that's what it is necessary, or have the documents scanned and sent to you, so you could stay under the radar and still do your due diligence here. Give me the name of a team we're not talking about with him. This isn't a direct answer, Rich, but I would say whoever loses a receiver on Sunday. <laughs> the reality of the league there's injuries all the time somebody's going to have a significant receiver injury i mean last year when he signed with the rams they didn't know but the next day robert woods went down they were playing on odell being a a spot player the backside of you know certain plays and you'd be able to exploit one-on-one coverage instead like his second game he's playing 70 snaps again that's not realistic right now uh for odell but i think that's what's going to drive some of this you know obviously the giants have not had help at the receiver position the entire season but they're also not a lock to even be in the playoffs. So why are they going to, you know, cut a huge check to Odell right now unless they're just thinking this is something for uh, 2023? Uh, I still believe that Dallas and Jerry Jones in his heart of hearts wants to make this happen. Usually Jerry gets what Jerry wants. Uh, but we'll see if Odell thinks that this is not, you know, they're not going to put him on the field when he wants to or they're not willing to make him the type of offer uh, that he wants. Odell may well wait. And to your point, there could be a team that, comes out of the woodwork here that, you know, suffers an injury. I remember I, I predicted back in the summer when I was asked this question on Good Morning Football and my dark horse form was the Miami Dolphins. I'm not reporting that, Rich. Please don't put that in the headline yeah, on sure. Twitter. I'm nice. just saying, <laughs> if all of a sudden you lose a speed threat receiver on a team built on speed in Miami, something like that could be the thing that comes, you know, out of left field here and all of a sudden that's where, you know, Odell's headed next. Lots of moving parts, no question about that. Um, before I let you go, what, what ear to the ground, what are you hearing about the first overall pick in the draft? Who, who, who are people talking about right now when it's all said and done? Because it's going to be Houston. I, I'd be stunned if Houston isn't going to be choosing first. But what do you think? What are you hearing about on that? I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good question. Obviously, it's going to be a quarterback-centric top of the draft. I think that just in my initial conversations with um, some people around the league, there are more questions about some of those top quarterbacks. So there are a handful of them going into the season. I think there's more holes being poked in some of those guys um, than there were prior to the process. I think that Bryce Young is an obvious one who 
a lot of people are going to be focusing on as a potential number one pick. He may not have the stature. You know, you're talking about another six foot tall quarterback who, you know, probably weighs 200 pounds soaking wet, and that's going to raise some some questions and concerns for people. But it didn't stop people from drafting Baker or Tyler Murray uh, at a similar height in the past. So uh, I think it's going to be very quarterback centric. And you look at the teams that are drafting up at the top there. It'll be you know Detroit with uh, the Rams pick. It's, potential, it's obviously going to be the Texans uh, drafting very high. It is going to be, um, you know, Seattle that owns Denver's pick. Are they willing to, you know, move forward with Geno Smith? He played great. If not, you're going to have a rare opportunity to draft one uh, really high. There's going to be a bunch of needs. I don't think it's going to be anything close to what we saw this year when Kenny Pickett slid all the way down into wherever he was around the 20th pick in the draft. Everybody else slid out of the first. It'll be a multiple quarterback in the first round draft, and it's uh, that's going to be all the focus going to number one. And uh, is there any way for Nathaniel Hackett to save his gig right now? Is it, is it reached that point in Denver, do you think? I would say the Broncos have a substantial amount of challenges and a complicated situation that they've got to work through. This is an unfathomable uh, type of situation that they've gone through. I don't think, again, like I said with the Rams, it's the same thing with the Broncos. There's no way in the absolute worst-case scenario that you thought bringing in Russell Wilson and you're sitting there with uh, four wins or whatever they have going into week 14. Uh, they have had a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. You look at it, they're down their top five running backs. Uh, three of their top four receivers have been out now. Portland Sutton's hurt. The tight end this time down their top three offensive tackles. They've been banged up on defense. But the core and the quarterback hasn't played well. You're committed to the quarterback at a very high dollar number. Uh, it's a three-year full guarantee. Your out is after year two, so after 2023, uh, your coach is not making nearly that much money. So consider that the frame of reference for how the Broncos have to, to try to find a path forward here. The bottom line is they have to get Russell Wilson uh, playing better because they're committed to him, and that just hasn't happened uh, regardless of all the, the efforts Daniel Hackett's made to change things up and change the play caller and just try to find some way to get things going. Tom, you're the man. Thanks again. Look for more of my phone calls. You're the best. Thank you. Appreciate it, Rich. You got Thanks. it. That's Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, at Tom Pelissero. I follow him. You should as well. Lots to pick on right there. Um, I, th- I think I'd like to talk a little bit more about the Broncos when we come back. My two cents on that subject matter. When we return, 844-204, number to dial on the program. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
McKissick helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. 844-204-RICH, number to dial on The Rich Eisen Show. I hate the whole concept of hot seats and talking about it because I'm, you know, having hung with Mariucci for as long as I have, Steve told me that he, I think he moved his family 20 times or something like that. I mean, this is real stuff, right? There's real stuff. It's jobs on the line. Yeah, real and, people. But I understand the business. We've chosen to use the Hyman Roth phrase. And, you know, and when there's a team that goes all in on a quarterback and pays him a king's ransom and he regresses on the spot and the team needs to hire in the first month of the new coach's campaign somebody to help administrate the game in real time, which in this day and age for the NFL is is a crucial part of the job because it's also face front. You're sitting there on your couch. You can see in your 4K television or your high-definition television, well, that's, that's, that's an interception. Why isn't Jeff Saturday throwing the challenge flag? For instance, just from this past weekend's Colts game, Roof kind of caved in when he didn't throw a challenge flag on something that was clearly an interception. Um, so, I don't remember that play. Well, I mean, you, you, you're, you're wondering where these things happen with Nathaniel Hackett and when the coin's going to drop for him and he'll start to clearly, if somebody who's been around the sport, as long as he's been around it, his dad, Paul, just Google him if you need to know how long the Hackett's have been coaching football. And Aaron Rodgers talking about how great he is and how he loves him. And, and he's a very positive guy. Whenever you met him, I ran into him at the combine, big, big smile on his face. But that was, you know, when he was just first blush, new coach of the Denver Broncos. And we were all assuming they were going to get Rodgers. It wound up being Russell Wilson who they got. Well, they're three and nine. Russell Wilson looks terrible. This is the only way to put it. And if the new owners who didn't hire the guy and didn't hire the general manager and they are new to this whole situation, if they are of the mindset that they need to get their own people in, which, by the way, happens in all walks of life, television, movies, real estate, insurance, whatever, new boss comes in, changes everything, then he's got a, a, a small remaining of sand in the hourglass to try and save things. Problem is, two of the final five games are against the Chiefs. <laughs> For a points challenge team. Oh, no. And then they've got, after Kansas City at home this weekend, home for Arizona, another team that is struggling. I mean, that's going to be a desperation bowl week 15. They're at the Rams here on Christmas Day. The whole country's going to watch that. If the Rams and Baker Mayfield or whomever come off the mat, let's just say it could be even a battle of three-win teams on that day on CBS. I know nobody really wants to hear that. They're at Kansas City, home of the Chiefs. I mean, it's going to be ugly. And then home for the Chargers. I, I don't know. I mean, what do they get, five wins if they're lucky? Five and 12? 
in the first season there with Russell Wilson, I don't see how the, the Broncos stick with it. They're going to have to change things radically. And I, I mean radically once that happens. And then the whole offseason will be who's can be hooked up with Russ and Russ hooked up with that person to change everything. And is Russ calling the shots there? I mean, it's that's why Pelissero says there's a lot of moving parts, very complex. But it's also very simple for fans to look at. That's a guy who was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He now looks like a backup quarterback trying to fumble for a light switch. Coach, we've never heard of, unless you've heard of the Hackett family or followed his career as an offensive coordinator, comes in. They're now a five-win team, four-win team. I mean, two plus two, unfortunately, does equal four sometimes. That's what's going on with the Broncos. Coming up, hour number two. 